Bandwidth for all shows on the Aussie Tech Heads network is supplied by Aussie Tech Heads Web Hosting. For a fast, affordable and reliable Australian server with fantastic support, contact Aussie Tech Heads Web Hosting at aussietechheads.com.au. Aussie Tech Heads, Australia's best hosting service. episode, uh, what is it? 429. I was going to say 129, but way past that. Welcome another episode of Aussie Tech Heads. This week is for the week starting 19th of March 2015. Oh, yes. March. Daylight saving is nearly over. It's what? It's got a week to go. I think we'll just check with Warlock on that one. Warlock? Uh, Hi, how you doing? <laughs> daylight saving. What's going on? When's that stop? Yeah, soon. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, sometime. Next weekend, I've, I think. I've got a problem. My curtains have already faded, so... Oh, you'll be right. Anyway, uh, yeah, so how are you? Good, good. How's things going up there? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Uh, nice working hard and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, I'm learning my way around Plesk. God, I hate Plesk. Oh, why? Don't they do see customers still have that crappy oh, thing. Oh, man. Just tell them to move on. Tell I them know, to right? move on. Yeah, oh, Plesk is oh, rubbish. Well, oh, hate it. All right. And uh, Shane, Shane's back. How you doing, Shane? Hey, how are we? Good, good. What have you been up to? Working up? Um, yeah, have been. That's how come I haven't been here. Um, and even like this week was, you know, hit and miss because the, the guy that was a late finish, he took off on site again. And I'm thinking, <laughs> oh, I hope he comes back in time. But yeah, luckily he did. So yeah. it was all right. Came out in the wash. Ah, oh, good stuff. Good stuff. So each week we're brought to you by athwebhosting.com.au. Jump on there if you want some hosting for your website. And if you're with another website paying too much, well, we'll just bring it on over. It doesn't, it's not hard to do. I'll give you a hand if you want. Just mention us on the show here and I'll, I'll give you a good, little, yeah, a good little hand if you want to um, bring across a website, as long as it's something I can handle. And uh, also thanks to scopeiteducation.com.au for their support of the show. But if it's not something I can handle, I can ask Jace if it's a Plesk one. <laughs> here we are at FTP at across from somewhere, <laughs> I'm sure. God, oh, no. All right, so we've got no Eric and no Will tonight. We've now, lost our Will to live again. Now, now Will... Oh, I got a message today that his computer is broken. What is going on with his computer? Uh, it's business as usual for him, I'm afraid. <laughs> I thought, isn't this a new computer? It will. Isn't this a new computer like a... Uh, uh, Brand new four graphics cards and oh, everything. Well, that's probably the problem. Yeah, four graphics cards. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, you've got to buy without any graphics cards for the last couple of years. <laughs> exactly. See, Will, you don't need any. You know, <laughs> you'll be laughing. Oh, dear, oh, dear. And, uh, yeah, Eric's just, uh, he sent a note in from his mummy, so he couldn't make it tonight. And, uh, yeah, cool. Now, uh, what's been going on around the traps? Not much this week. I've got a couple of Microsoft stories. And, uh, so Me might... too, so I hope you don't have the same ones. <laughs> They're probably the same ones. There's not, there's not been much. It might be a very quick show. It might be a, might be a, a, a toilet break sort of a show. All right. Uh, well, let's see how we go with this one. See if this story clashes with anyone. Free upgrade to Windows 10. Oh, now everyone's excited, but no, it's not exactly as it sounds. It's only if you live in China. 
isn't it? Only if you're one of those join your hackers. <laughs> yeah, and apparently, I oh know, and apparently, so what's going on is Microsoft wants to re-engage. See, oh, I love all this terminology. They want to re-engage. Microsoft wants to get them off XP because all the computers are getting hacked. I think that's what it is. But why would they care? Why would Microsoft care? Because it's impacting everybody when they become oh, bots and start yeah, DDoSing okay. everyone. Yep. Yeah, right. Well, anyway, uh, so they're going to re-engage with the Chinese. Uh, and even, they, so the Chinese can even get a legitimate copy of Windows 10 when it comes out, even if they've got a pirated copy of 8 or 7. How's that grab you? Hey, how's, that, how's that grab your shirt tails? Offering free upgrades, yeah, regardless of whether they're running genuine copies or not. Recent studies show that three-quarters of all PC software is not properly licensed there. Now, this guy, Myerson, said Windows 10 would be released globally sometime this summer. So that's uh, around... Uh, it's supposed to be August-ish. Yeah, well, that's summer. Now, this is the first time Microsoft has put a time frame on the release, although it's been expected in autumn, which is just a bit after... Summer, their summer, America's summer, which will be our spring. Oh. So it'll be probably what? So that's so we're saying towards the end of winter, early spring. Yep. I can't wait. I can't. I can't wait. I'm going to have to reformat my Windows 8 machine. I think it's, it's got little glitches in there, and that's why the audio goes a bit crazy every now and then. What are you going to do with your Windows 9 machine? Oh, that's a secret. <laughs> I'm not telling anyone what I'm doing with that. I might just skip it all together. I'll tell you what you can. <laughs> Windows 9. Oh, wouldn't you like to get a copy of that? Lenovo said in a statement that it will make phones running Windows software available through China Mobile sometime later this year. Microsoft also said it's working with Chinese handset maker Xiaomi. Xiaomi. No? Xiaomi. What is it? Xiaomi. Xiaomi, is it? Xiaomi. Go get your Xiaomi's on. Uh, which generally uses a form of Google's Android on its devices to offer some customers a test version of Windows 10 on their smartphone. Oh, look, so yes. they're trying. They're trying hard. Now, and your uh, Xbox is going to be Windows 10 as well. Yes. So Windows 10. So and apparently the Windows 10 phone is going to be able to run the Windows 10 PC apps and, and as well. They're going to be. It'll just be across, in a modified interface. Yeah, just cr- like same with the Xbox. Yeah. Cross platform. Yeah. So you can make you can make your app work for only. Xbox, only desktop, only phone, or any combination of any of them. So you could say, okay, I only want this to work on the um, desktop and the Xbox, but not the phone. Or you could say all three, or you could say phone and desktop, or whatever you like when you're a developer. But best to get across everything, because then your players are playing all the time. Mm. Uh, Yeah, so that's that's a good idea. Uh, What about Chinese getting free software? Oh, I don't know. I don't really care, to be honest. We're getting it. If you got it seven and eight, we're getting it anyway. Free upgrade so, anyway, yep. Yeah, so why not everyone? What you've got to be doing now is be on the lookout for old Windows 7 and 8 product keys. Scavenge yep. around your friends' garages, take pictures of the product keys. and you'll Buy your right. government recycled computers. Or just go into the shop and take a photo of it. <laughs> the product key. I wonder how that'd work, eh? I wonder what would happen What's there. Like, because then if you, yeah, how would they, how would they get to the bottom of that? You reckon, like, so you you've taken a picture of someone else's product key and you you've installed it. Then someone's going to lose out, aren't they? Like, someone's going to be deactivated. I wonder how Microsoft yep. to get around that. First in best dress. Probably. Why not? Probably. Well, might just alternate activate and deactivate as people log in and log off. That'd be weird. <laughs> yes. So by by the end of next year, if you're not running Windows 10, why not? And you got no excuse anymore. That's right. 
And uh, so, uh, yeah, Shane, you got any any thoughts on the Chinese? Uh, <laughs> no, good ones. Um, no, no, I reckon that they I reckon that the Windows Ten, the way they're releasing it, and the way they're you know, giving everybody free upgrades, and the fact that everyone seems to be praising Windows Ten so far. Mm. I'm going to make a bold prediction and say that it'll probably be one of their better releases of Windows, if not the best, and and probably outstretch, um, and even XP. even out to you know XP and, and all that sort of stuff in the long run. Yeah, look, you're probably right. I think Windows Seven was obviously very stable after a few, well, after a Vista hiccup, uh, which I never had a real problem with. But oh, look, it was clunky. I'll give it. I'll, I can see why people didn't like it. And then, I did with the first release, but after Surface Pack 1, Vista was fine. Mm. But I have noticed, though, now, even with Windows 7, I've, I've noticed that I don't know why, but, uh, maybe because of all the updates, there's more stuff going in there or something, but I've noticed that machines with a, like a 2 gig of RAM configuration, probably it's really not enough now, like no. it used to be, but now you really need to start sticking in like 4 gig. Have you found that, Jace? Would you yeah, agree I think, with that? Yeah, I think 4 gig, bare minimum. Yeah. Um, mine are all eight minimum. Yeah, but I found that like, you go to see someone and the, the machine's running a bit sluggish, and then you know, or even if you do a factory restore on a laptop with like it had a two gig from factory and it's still yeah. slow on a restore. Doing too much swapping. Yeah, and you, you just got to, and you just say, oh, I'll just put another two gig in there, and it, it seems to just pick up the pace a hell of a lot. So that's good. Yeah, so that's really good. All right, now just before the show, we were talking about printers and ink, and I thought, well, look, we'll uh, we'll bring that into the into the conversation. Because yep. a lot of people out there, they're, I don't know, they're probably thinking, where do you buy ink? Well, I've got a tip for you. It was up here, and they do mail order. I'll come across this good place. Now, tell them I sent you, and they'll go, who? Uh, so it's uh, Wholesale Toners Australia. Now, you can go wholesaletoner.com.au. Have a look at them. And they look, they've got, uh, they sell original ink or toner, as well as the refilled or recycled cartridges or whatever. But yeah, we were just having a you know a moan about you know you buy your printers these days, and then you know when it comes to buy ink, well you might as well go and get another printer, take the ink out of it, throw the printer, and and start again. But uh, yeah, and even those printers, they're still coming out with you know the the uh, the three in one coloured cartridges. Like what a waste! Like what 10, 15 years ago, I said to myself that's a waste, and they're still making them. Yeah, it's just uh, and your printer won't print black if you've run out of cyan. <laughs> Yes, yeah, and then even if you run out of ink, your printer won't even scan. The printer yep. just, just it just goes because one part of it doesn't work. It's crazy, but I'm want to look at, as I was saying to you, Jace. I want to look into a uh, a coloured laser printer tone uh, laser yeah laser, but I want it to be you know do double sided automatic. I'm not sorry. You know, you know our costs. money is all plastic now, so it's going to be useless for you. You can't just copy your fifties anymore. Oh, what? Oh, can't you? No. no. Oh, okay. You know, they put in Adobe Photoshop and all their applications currency detection software. Really? Because people would um, scan in notes and then modify the serial number and then print it out again. So they put in software that would auto-detect whether you're scanning currency and it wouldn't let you uh, modify or print it out. Wow. I didn't know that. Is that just like the, the green back or is it just a, a most major ones? All, all the currencies that are the major ones and also um, all the printers, uh, particularly colour ones, will print a very faint identifier on the page that you won't be able to see but it can be read 
and they can track it back to your printer to a printer serial number and then find out who purchased it. So don't go printing out naughty things <laughs> and you know screw the government and stuff like that? this. Or ha ha, I downloaded some stuff because every page printed out has got a tiny uh, identifier on there that you can't see usually with the naked eye. Oh, well, I better get rid of that printer. <laughs> but, uh, I'm going to try that. I'm going to try and scan in a in a note. Now that you've said that, like, I'll j- load up my Photoshop or something. Try and scan in a note. See what, see happens. what happens. Yeah, I've got I've got an old version of Photoshop, like version I think three or something. The more you know. But, yeah, but that's very we'll come interesting. Come visit you, Glenn. <laughs> yeah, the plot when will. they lock you up. Yeah. We'll bring you a big cake. It's yeah. very heavy. <laughs> <laughs> With a file in it. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. I love it. All right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, that's wholesale toner. If you, uh, and if you spend more than 50 bucks, this is not an ad for it, but if you do more than 50 bucks, uh, they'll send them to you for free. How good's that? And when you open the box, you get your inks, you get your little box, turns up in the post or in the courier. You open your box, you pull your, you pull all your styrofoam out and you pull all your inks out. Oh, and they put like a little handful of little lollies in there for you, aren't they? Nice. nice. Yeah, this no, might no not be an ad for them, but any sponsorship offers will be greatly exempted. <laughs> yes. <laughs> don't buy your inks from hardly normal or Dick Smith people. They're all overpriced. They're, they're more per milliliter than Dom Perignon. Yeah, it, it's, it is crazy. And when, when you read the manual and it says things like, oh, you know, if you use recycled or recycled ink or secondhand your, ink or whatever. Your, your grandmother will die yeah. of Ebola if you use that. <laughs> yeah, it's slow and violent death, so don't do it. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, so yeah, so you got to just be careful with all that sort of stuff. But they, these guys were good; they they look after my needs, so that's why I thought I'd pass on the the tip, give you the heads up. All right, let, let's uh, look. We're in the mood for another Microsoft story, aren't we? Yeah, I got one as well. Oh, you do yours, Jace. Well, I did have one about how China was going to get it free, <laughs> but I've got rid of that story since. Windows Ten biometric authentication may replace passwords. Meet Windows Hello that can use the owner's face, fingerprints, iris, and possibly voice to unlock Windows and more. Windows Hello is part of Windows 10 OS. You just need to add a biometric hardware. For example, Intel's RealSense 3D F20, F200 camera will make face recognition possible. It will gradually replace webcams. It also works with devices that have fingerprint scanners. It also supports Windows Passport feature, allowing sign-in to third-party websites. This means that hackers accessing passwords on servers or devices is a thing of the past. You, uniquely you, plus your device, are the keys to your Windows experience, apps, data, and even websites and services, not a random assortment of letters and numbers that everybody's going to forget and <laughs> have to ring me up every day and say, I forgot my password, can you reset it? Yes, there's a reset password link on the website if you read it. And the enterprise space, hello, Windows and Passport, will also work with thousands of enterprises, your active directory services at launch, and Microsoft has joined the FIDO, Fast Identity Online Alliance, to support replacing passwords with a growing set of financial, consumer, and other security services over time. I think that would be fantastic, particularly for banking and things like that, where you want it to be really secure. Mm. Um, I like my bank at the moment. You go to, um, actually not bank, uh, PayPal. You go to log into my PayPal account. Even if you had my password, it'll send an SMS to my phone. If you don't type in that code, you can't get in. So, there. Yeah. Is that uh, your bank or PayPal? Did you- That's PayPal. Banks should have that as well. Oh, so you so that's that two-factor authentication. Yeah, so I had a little um, credit card size um, device that uh, you press a button on it and it would print a random number on it, which was right. synchronized with the PayPal service. I got it for about $12. Right. And then you could type that in, but the battery on that's gone flat. So I just use my phone now 
I um, go to log in and it says, okay, you need to also type in this code, click here to send an SMS, the SMS has been sent, wait till my watch vibrates and goes, <laughs> you've got a digital code, so you type in the six-digit number into PayPal and it'll right. let you in then. Oh, I didn't know you could do that with PayPal. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, so, so why do you do that? Are you like just test... <coughs> Super secure because it's got my bank details and anything True. that I want to buy on the internet, particularly eBay or any other site that I want to pay money to something, mm. I'll look for a PayPal link first. And a lot of the time, if it doesn't have PayPal, I won't bother. I'm not going to type my credit card details into right. websites anymore. PayPal yeah. or nothing, people. Yeah, well, I've got a, a debit card for websites. So, um, and, you know, you just keep like a couple of hundred in it and then if someone steals it or whatever, they go, go their hardest, they only get 200. But, yeah, okay, I might have a look into that PayPal two-factor authentication thing because, yeah, because I suppose if someone could hack PayPal, well, they've got a lot of your details, haven't they? Bank accounts, emails. and All they need to do is social engineer your password. And, you know, a lot of people have their passwords in password.txt on their desktop and things. <laughs> Look, I've never, I've never seen it in, in practice. Use LastPass. Come on, LastPass, yeah. everybody. You're not using LastPass. You deserve to have all your money taken by Nigerian princes. Well, I don't use LastPass in my bank. That's the, that's the only one I don't use it. Oh, I'd like to just keep it up I'm here. the same. <laughs> <laughs> up here. And, um, yeah, I was going to say about, uh, I forget. Uh, I'll go and see if Shane's got any comment on that. Then I'll, I think I might remember. Uh, no, I'm not actually, into, I went down the road of, you know, creating a PayPal account and all that kind of stuff and I've got one, um, but I don't use it, I don't do much sort of buying stuff on the, on the internet, the, I mean, I do internet banking and I buy a couple of things from regular places, but I just give them my credit card details and I've, and the things that I buy from these places, I've got to get from these places, I can't get anywhere else. Mm. So I can't sort of avoid the fact that they don't actually use PayPal, unfortunately. Yeah, no, I remember what I was going to say. I, was, I haven't seen it in practice, but I was out on a job the other day and I said, what's your password? you never believe what it was. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yep. I have never... <laughs> I believe it. I've never come across that. I say that's the, that's the most popular password in the world. Well, yeah, must be. I, I can't believe someone would have one, two, three, four, five, six. Uh, people have, you know, reallycoolwebsite.com and their password is really cool. Yeah, that's, right. Yeah. yeah, that's great, secure, great. Ordinary, mate. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, I suppose you're, you know, I, I don't know where everyone makes their passwords up from, but I've got a, probably like a certain pattern, System, if you like. Yep. Yeah, Same. like some sort of pattern. Uh, but like, and then a lot of times, like I have been using LastPass just to do a random generation because it's going to remember your password anyway. Yep. So, and yeah, it's not And it works on your phone. That's right. Now, yeah, thanks for taking another one of my stories, Jace. But to further go on with that, uh, your Yahoo gets rid of passwords and brings in email encryption. So Yahoo, one of the world's largest free providers of email Yahoo. services. Yeah, I don't know. I've got a Yahoo, but it's never been for, uh, for um, emails. Mine was for Flickr until they told me they were going to charge me lots of money. So I went to Google Photos, which became G Plus Photos. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I well, I've only got a Yahoo. I think I joined Yahoo to get into these uh there's a there's these groups called Free Yeah, Yahoo groups. Yeah, Free Cycle I joined. 
which yeah. they used to have there used to be a website e groups and then Yahoo bought them and made it into Yahoo groups. Right. Yeah, so free cycle I think morphed into now it's just all gum trees and if you've got anything like free as in instead of chucking it out you you recycle it for well, free. I liked um free cycle in Brisbane. I was a member of a couple of them in Brisbane West and Brisbane North and then Sydney, I was in Sydney West and Sydney North and then Melbourne and I said, Hi, I've been in all these other ones, you're really great, can I join? And they went, No. Ah. Oh. Okay. And they said, don't ask why. We just said, no, you can't ask why because that makes us cranky. So I'm like, well, okay, we'll go somewhere else then. You should have just made a script and just really emailed bait. them. Why, 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 bing, why, bing, bing, why, bing, why, bing. why, 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 But yeah, so anyway, and I think I'm in Oz tips for the footy. So yeah, that's all been bought out by Yahoo. But anyway, uh, so anyway, Yahoo, getting back to Yahoo, the on-demand password service means users will no longer have a specific password or passphrase. So, you know, going down the same things we were just talking about. Uh, link to their account. Instead, when you want to log into Yahoo's email client, you're presented with a send my password button. Clicking this sends an automatic text message with a time-sensitive code that you can use to log in. Like, I mean, who's paying for these text messages? Like, every time someone in the world logs in, the world's most popular email, you log into your email address, you've got to get a text message. Who pays for this? Anyway. Uh, in America, both parties, because you get... Is it like um, phone? You probably have to pay for receiving text as well as sending it. Oh, stuff that. <laughs> <laughs> spend too long. Oh, how's this? Oh, this is this is a good uh, wording of the story. It's spend too long faffling around <laughs> or, or you miss the text. You'll, you'll miss the text. Yeah, okay, just look back and say, oh, well, there it is. Uh, anyway, you'll need to request a new code again. Another 30 cents. While the system, the service is only live in the US at the moment, a worldwide rollout for Yahoo.com account holders is planned. Those using Yahoo's email account on an iOS or Android device can choose to set up pass, app passwords to add extra layer security. Oh, you can just put layer upon layer upon layer of security yep. on your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, and um, going along with Windows 10 that we were talking about before, Windows 10 will release valuable disk space via a compressed operating system and by eliminating the need for a separate recovery image, saving from 4 to 12 gig. A complete install will be under 8 gigabytes, but it's also smart enough to selectively apply compression. For example, if you have spare disk space and limited RAM and CPU power, it'll install uncompressed. Similarly, apps will be compressed. The refresh and rebuild OS system found on Windows 8.x will now rebuild the OS in place and will incorporate any updates and patches you've previously downloaded. Oh, nice. So there you go. You don't, if you have to rebuild your computer, you don't have to wipe it off and then wait for 20 gigs of updates to come through because it'll just use the one that's already there. Yeah, well, that is a problem, isn't it, when you update it, when you do update computers and stuff? It's just, it's just heaps and of... also something interesting is it's going to possibly have in uh, built-in peer-to-peer Windows 10 will be able to will be set to receive updates from Windows servers or use peer-to-peer networking. A great idea that allows one PC to be updated and others to update from that one, which would be great for corporations and things. Or if you've got like home network of computers yes. rather than each single one downloading a 10 gig update, mm. one of them downloads and then the others can connect to that and download it. Well, I've looked into a like into that like because like through the month, like I'll probably install quite a number of. Windows, you know, and as yep. a as a service, you can't well you can't give a computer back to someone on ADSL pretty much, and with you know <laughs> what a gig of updates. So look, I'll do the right thing. Somebody like Paul Milo gets screwed. Yes, yes. If Milo if Milo got the the computer with the 
you know, one with Vista, straight out Vista version one, then you have to go through, what, three service packs or two or three yeah. service packs. Like, that's crazy. So, yeah, I do the right thing. I'll bring everything up to date. And I looked into something like, how, why couldn't I download these uh, up? And you can, but, geez, it's a complicated thing to set up. And I thought, I'm better off just to increase my internet, you know, uh, space, my bandwidth yep. per month, yep. just download the damn thing and save me a lot of time. It'd take me three weeks to set it all up. Yeah. The other problem that you have also that um, a lot of people come across with limited bandwidth uh, quotas is that, say you've got Windows, a couple of Windows computers, Mac computer, iPhone, iPod, Android phone, Windows phone, all of those need constant updating all the time. And, you mm. know, with um, especially even uh, iPads and iPhone stuff can get like um, two or three gigs of a new whole new operating system that downloads each of your devices has to download that. So, well, I suppose that's probably why they're doing something like this. Look, as we had said before, Windows 10 is coming out for phone, ta- uh, phone, tablet, Xbox, and PC. So, yeah, yeah so- and apparently it might even install on some Android smartphones. Microsoft's been working with Xiaomi and its MI4 Android smartphone recently to allow it to install Windows 10 Mobile. Right, nice, yeah. So, yeah, so that's what I mean. Like, yes, obviously, people don't have a lot of uh, bandwidth in numerous places around the world. They don't have a lot of speed. And, and, yeah, why would they, why would you want to download, you know, like five different copies of the same stuff? Yep. But, uh, but talking about updates, I think I did. Did I pull an update story? Uh, I thought I did. Hang on, where would that be? While you're trying to find that, the only thing about what you've discovered is I hope it's controllable or manageable. Um, I mean, just because I might have a, a PC that's got an SSD and 16 gig of RAM and a top-shelf processor, I don't want the operating system to sort of put bottlenecks in the way by compressing things and then therefore me not getting all the benefit out of all, the, all those resources. Um, and in, a, in addition with how it's going to manage those updates, Again, hopefully that's something that can be managed because just because one PC has got X amount of updates doesn't mean that every PC needs the same updates because of obviously software compatibility issues and so on and so forth. So hopefully mm. they've put things in place to, to look at that. Yeah, well, this uh, this what I was going to uh, tell you about here. There was, yeah, Windows 7 users report issues after installing the KB3033929. Oh, I knew that was going to be a problem when I installed it. <laughs> According to Microsoft Security Advisory, issued on Patch Tuesday, the update is meant for supported editions of Windows 7 and Windows Server 2008 R2 to add support for the SHA-2 signing and verification functionality. Now, so all in all, they've punched out a update, a Windows update, and broke Windows. It's uh, worth they nothing. They did that before. Yeah, oh, it happens all the time, doesn't it? So <laughs> it's worth noting that the KB3033929E even is a reissued update for a buggy patch, 2949929, pulled last October by Microsoft. Now, this guy, Krebs, advised users to temporarily, temporarily avoid installing KB3033929 in case it is removed, reissued, or instructions are provided via tech help forums. So what was happening, if you find after an update you found your computer just uh, in a little, one of those lovely reboot cycles. You then could, you need to call Glenn. Well, you, yes. <laughs> you could try probably, what would you do? you jump into safe mode and just uninstall that little update. If you can find it, that's probably what I would be doing. 
So uh, look, all, there's all these issues, all these uh, things are in the show notes. So if you, you you know some of these stories tweak something in your brain, you go, ooh, 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 Mr. Cutter, I need that one. <laughs> so you can go to the show notes and it's a you, nice flashback, <laughs> and you can uh, get the actual story, link back to the original source, and find out more information if you need to. Alrighty, now uh, look, let's just do something crazy let's just stop the audio for one second because hang on so audio people we're stopping for one second now video people are still here now i just have to stop the audio we've got to wait for that damn thing to save now but because uh look i left half of last week's audio on the same track and oh geez i hope it's not messing up with it (laughs) (laughs) it looked like it was overriding but Uh, i just wanted to stop and then just delete last week's because it's on the same track. So if it was on another track, it would come through. But it's not. It's on the same track. So I'm pretty sure it overwrites. Because last week, I think... Oh, that's right. It's Eric's fault. Yes. <laughs> because he swore and I had to edit it out. So I had to cut it I know. I noticed that when I watched the my video that I sent to you that you cut him out. Yes. Yeah, I had to cut the... I also noticed um, at the time that he was swearing, it looked like you pick up a pen to write down the timestamp of yes. when it happened. <laughs> oh, I did. <laughs> well, if, look, I see I'm a professional at it now. I'm, I'm yeah. experienced <laughs> because yeah, because when he when he lets one go, yeah. <laughs> probably more ways than one. Then I've got to write down the timestamp. Otherwise, you can just spend hours like looking for the conversation, looking for. When the... was he said that? Oh, then he said it again at forty six minutes. <laughs> yeah, sometimes yeah, sometimes if they're really hard to find, I'll, oh, I've got to leave them in. I'm not spending them your whole life doing it. But, uh, but yeah, now, something with the garage, man, every time you stop the recording now, it goes through this analysing rubbish. Oh, so okay. We're just ra- waiting for it to finish analysing. And uh, hopefully we can... I've never used it to record audio before. What's that, garage band? Yeah. Yeah, I did. I, I barely c- used it at all. Well, I... The whole reason I got this little Mac was for GarageBand. Oh, okay. I, I use Audacity on Mac and Windows. <laughs> oh, well, I was using Audacity, and I had a few little crashes, and I just there was just no way I could put it all back together. Because you know how yep. it looks like it, it. Well, in the old days, it's probably updated now, but it was all the audio <gasps> was just uh, re, uh, saved as like I don't know one meg bytes or one meg bits or something, and you, oh, okay. an hour was like so you know so many hundreds of files so yep. it was pretty crazy stuff now i'm just gonna cool move. edit was good yeah look I de- i've got um which became adobe audition yeah that might be what i've got because i when i bought sony video vegas yeah it came with some audio oh no it came with soundforge or something it wasn't yep. the audition all right okay let's go Welcome back, audio. Hey, how are we going? All right, now I got rid of that little uh, the little gremlin that was there, so hopefully there's been no issues and we're all coming through fine and continue to do so. All right, now where are we up to? Let's go, done that. Did you have any more, Jase? Might as well. Yeah, I've got up. a few more. Yeah, cool. Um, just so that I'll go on all sides, everybody knows how much I love Netflix and hate Murdoch, but... The machine dubbed the Foxtel IQ3 will be coming out. It'll feature more TV tuners to record three shows simultaneously. Ooh. That's three shows <laughs> while watching another. A larger hard drive capable of 
capable of recording up to 345 standard definition TV shows mm, or more than every episode of MASH, <laughs> a Bluetooth remote control and built-in Wi-Fi connection. Mm, why Bluetooth? I don't know. It would be annoying because all the people who have got universal IR remotes and they won't be able to use them. <laughs> Well, maybe, well, Bluetooth, uh, maybe... Foxtel spokesperson said the personal video recorder will also add software features that suggest TV shows to record based on previous viewing. Well, I think um, TiVo has been doing that for a long time. And highlight trending TV shows. The IQ3 was first announced by Foxtel in March 2013, scheduled for release last month. The pay TV provider will not reveal its price until Monday, the March 23rd, two days after my birthday, when it starts <laughs> taking orders from its direct customers with Telstra customers to follow at a later date. The price of the current Foxtel IQ HD set-top box is included in subscription TV packages. After a $75 install, the additional units may attract a monthly fee of $25. But the delayed Foxtel IQ3 launch will come at an important time in Australia television just one day before Netflix launches Aww. in Australia by coincidence. Yes, mm. well, well, you know, all our predictions, and I guess everyone here has got the same prediction as Foxtel is going to suffer pretty bad. Look, I was watching uh, Better Call Soul last night. I get them on the stand. All my friends are buying stand just to watch mm. that. Yeah, right. Well, that's what I've done. I've got, I've, I watched the, I watched it on stand and I, I only mental noted to myself when I watched it last night, the latest episode that was that I went, this is a perfect HD picture. I went, this is really What good. device do you watch it on? TV. TV? Yeah. You got a stand app for your television built in? No. No, I, uh, how do I do that? Just through the Apple? No. Yeah, yeah, it's built into Stan, isn't it? And I send it to the Apple TV through Stan. Yes. That's okay. how I do it. Yeah. And I think it's also got, if you've got a Chromecast, it'll come up with a little, the Stan app will also send it straight to the Chromecast. Nice. So, yeah, so it's, it's pretty good. And I just looked at it and I went, oh, you know, this is, it's, 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 if it's not HD, it's bloody close. And it's just better than anything you're going to see on any other Australian TV channel, like Fair Income. Oh, even Gem and all that HD, my fan. <laughs> so, you know, it's rubbish. All, all the news and stuff is in HD and all the sports is in SD. Everyone complains about that. Yeah, good old um, Navy, Navy Lark from 1952. That's in the HD, black and white, on Gem. You know, in 4.3. The, wonder the wonders of 4.3 these days. It's crisp yep. as. I never, <laughs> knew, I never knew black and white could look so great. I love it. love it. Uh, yeah, but, you know, it's just, it's just terrible. But, uh, yeah, it's just terrible. But, I was, yeah, Stan is, look, Foxtel. So what this new box they're bringing out, the Foxtel IQ3, is, is that going to be HD, do you know? Or is it? It'd have that? to be, yeah. Everything's be, HD yeah. with them now. Yeah, because I think uh, after. Cause They'll I'm, be streaming super compressed the heck out of. HD, but it'll be yeah. HD. Yes, just blocky. Yeah, yeah, probably because I, I know uh, with, when you move from the IQ IQ box, which is not HD, if you want to move to the HD version, I think you've got to get something else installed in the house. Is that right? There must is there something else that has to be installed? I can't remember. Oh, I don't know. The so only thing that you have to get, or that we had to get, was. Um, and it's playing up at the moment. Where we've got our Foxtel H, the HD IQ thing, there's no um, internet connectivity, so it's only wireless. Right. So what they've done is they've used one of those um, power socket things where you plug your um, the, your LAN cable into this thing that then uses your power grid in your house to take the signal back to your router. 
but ours is playing up. I'm not sure whether it's the actual HD box, uh, like it's the IQ box, or whether yeah. it's this um, this power Wi Fi thing. Because it doesn't, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because it doesn't have um, Wi Fi, what I'm going to have to do is use a LAN cable to connect it to my Wi Fi extender and then yeah. use the Wi Fi extender to go back to the to my access point and then connect it up that way. Haven't done it yet, so I'm hoping that that works. Yeah, well, those little power over uh, Ethernet, whatever they call it, power lines or Ethernet over power lines, whatever they call it. Yeah, they're not the they're not the most stable of things I've found. They're not very fast, and they're just they're not the best things in the world. They'll do if you haven't got nothing else. But I think that's what Foxtel are sending out, aren't they? They do ship with those little adapters just so you can hook in. But yeah, uh, yeah. It came in, yeah, they didn't charge us for the ring, so I mean, it's, oh, it's, it's right. great, but they don't work. Yeah, that's right. They'll burn, make a good if fire. If it's free and doesn't work, who cares? <laughs> yeah, well, this is right. Yeah, you had to pay for it like uh, one of those adapters for your USB-C MacBook Pro, pay an extra $90 just so you can plug stuff in. Excellent then you'd work. be annoyed. <laughs> yes. Just like Eric was last week. <laughs> yeah, he, was, he, was, he wasn't happy about the, the, the new products. And uh, now also Presto. I still don't think. Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this live. I don't, still don't think that they have got an iPhone app. Can you believe it? So, I just don't get it, eh? I really don't get it. I'm, who is this? Murdoch? Does he own Presto? Or he owns yeah. Fox? They got half of yeah. Seven or something. He's yeah. just a he's just a bloody made of stone or something, isn't he? He's got no idea. No. So Presto. Oh, it's here now. It's on. It's on. I'll get that. Because if you've got a Chromecast, you get, what, three months free <laughs> or something. It's yeah, like, according to this, it should have come out on the 23rd of February, so a month ago, but I guess uh, they might have had some delay. Yeah, so, okay, so my my anger has subsided. It's, it's now... Do you use Presto? No, because I didn't have it on an app. So uh, I, no, I hadn't been using it, no. Now you're going to sign up, so you'll have Stan and Presto and Foxtel and Netflix in your cover, all of the different things. Yes, but I'm not going to subscribe to them all. I think once Soul finishes, I'll probably ditch Stan. I've been watching, oh, I think I've gone all through this. I won't get it again, but I've been watching the celebrity roasts, you know, yep. William Shatner and David Hasselhoff and all that. Oh, that's on Stan. They're quite funny. Uh, and uh, Yeah, but I'll have a look and see what's on Presto. And, yeah, when's Netflix? Soon. Two days Soon. before. Yep. 21st or One something. day after the... <laughs> Still IQ3. Yes. Well, the IQ3, look, did you say, look, I wasn't quite listening intently to your story there, but did you, say, did you say that you had to pay an extra $75 for the box or something? That was the installation on the current one, so it oh, could okay, be different right. pricing. Right. Yeah, so look, I've got the, the Foxtel IQ, but I haven't got the HD. Uh, do I really notice it? Well, yes, you do notice the pictures a little bit off if you, you, if you know what you're Looking for against Especially HD. when you got a 4K Ultra HD television, right? Right. Yes, yeah. But look, I've never, look, watching that, I better call, so I've never seen anything as good as on my TV than that. That's great. All right, let's, uh, ooh, let's go on to a word from Scope IT. Where are they? Where are these guys? Up here, right up here. Now, look, kids today, as we know, are engrossed with technology, often spending excessive hours behind their screens. The guys at Scope IT Education aim to not fight that war. They instead aim to change those hours into productive hours. They turn consumers into creators. Scope IT Education is a teaching organisation that provides curriculum-based technology training to primary age students. 
Predominantly, lessons are done within the school system with refined, professionally developed courses that align with and complement current state and national-based outcomes. The course range is vast, with classes in introductory coding skills with process-based logical thinking, app development, website design, digital citizenship, Google research, and now even 3D printing, electronics, and robots and robotics. Of course, all their courses are fun and engaging. They carefully combine this with specific outcomes to help shape our children's education for the future, arming them with the technology skills they will need in the world they grow up in. If you think this sounds interesting, they have franchise business opportunities. For anyone feeling that this product sounds intriguing or if you would like to know more information as a teacher or a principal, check out the website, scopeiteducation.com.au. And uh, we all know how how many hours that the kids spend in front of their iPads. We've like at here at our house, we've had to restrict hours. You know, it's the big. But on the other hand, it's the biggest, uh, the biggest stick to wave, isn't it? I'm going to take your iPad away. Oh no! Instant complicity. <laughs> <laughs> it's just great. It's happened. Yeah, you know, it's happened a couple of times. But these, they love it. I don't know about you, uh, uh, Shane, over in your house, but uh, my kids. They, for whatever reason, like they love Minecraft, and all they do on their iPads these days is just, well, if they're not playing Minecraft, they're watching Stampy. Now, Jay's, you'd know Stampy. Stampy Long Nose, yeah. Yeah, they're just watching videos of Stampy, who who narrates my, his Minecraft playing. Yeah, my daughter watches that, and PewDiePie. Yeah, right. Is, is that You've the heard s- of PewDiePie, right? Oh, vaguely. Is he? Is the biggest number one star of YouTube rakes in, you know, probably a a million or so every year. That's crazy. What does he talk about? What do they do? He plays um, any games that are coming out or have already come out and uh, sits there swearing, acting stupid, and every single kid in the world adores him, thinks he's fantastic, and um, so he's got YouTube partnership and just makes a ton of money. That's crazy. So, what's it? What's it? Like when you get a YouTube partnership, uh, that is that like another level of? Yeah, they'll actually promote you all over the website. Right. Okay. Yeah. Right. Right. Uh, I, I read a story the other, all through the week or something that they're saying that they're struggling to make money out of YouTube. Well, not struggling, but they'd like to monetize it further. But you, that's yeah, not, that can't uh, be right, is Yahoo, it? Yeah. Uh, YouTube sort of limits that kind of thing. So places like Yahoo are trying to launch their own video service in competition with YouTube and offer better deals, um, rates per view and that sort of thing because um, YouTube just keep cutting it back, cutting it back. So you might need to have, you know, a few million views to get five bucks. And um, it gets a bit too too restrictive like that so other places might say oh we'll give you 20 bucks for a million views and so they go oh okay we'll look over that way then yeah yeah i don't think it's it's, it's that's just an example i doubt if it's that scungy no but uh, yeah <laughs> yeah, so- yeah i know what you're saying yeah well look our videos have been going for three years <laughs> i think i've done about 10 bucks <laughs> happy days all right uh now, what else, Shane? Have you got anything to talk about, or you're just just chir- chirping in this week? I no, I'm just doing the special comments this week. I didn't have time to put in um, stories as such, but um, oh, I was going to say something really profound. Then I forgot what it was. Yeah, might, might come back to you. Let me talk about let, yeah. me, let me talk about TPG and IINet. Now, did you know they're getting into bed together, and they're going to make one big 
in in that company. Now, TPG has announced to the ASX, which is the Australian Stock Exchange, a full acquisition of rival ISP, IINet, for approximately, get this, $1.4 billion. Nice. Yes. If approved, the combination would create a monster telco with revenues up around the range of $2.3 billion, earnings of $654 million, and a combined broadband user base of more than $1.7 million. So Which that's is quite ironic because usually it's IINet who's buying everybody up. <laughs> yeah. So TPG, you'll go remember TPG when they were just a little dude, you know, yeah. just doing little... I'm on them now. Works fine for me. Yeah? I got unlimited $59.95 month. Yeah, right, right. Uh, Yeah, so the IINet shareholders will receive $8.60 per IINet share if this goes through. And that that puts the valuation at about $1.4 billion. Now, the two providers already position themselves in different markets. So TPG is value-based, lower end of the market. IINet is, uh, you know, further up up the tree a bit. So my thought was... Okay, so what happens when they join? Like, you know, are they going to keep the separate... Best of both worlds, right? Well, really? Like, are they going to keep separate identities? All my uh, techie friends always said, if you want uh, good quality customer service and you're not that great with computers, go with IINet because they'll spend hours talking you through setting up your email. If you're a techie person, you don't need too much customer support and you just want a cheap, reliable internet, go with TPG. You don't need to ring up customer support. You've got no problem. Hmm. Yeah, so, but, you know, I guess, like, once you, you know, the companies join, they're not going to, say, uh, duplicate, say, job positions. You wouldn't no. think. So, therefore, like, does that mean that, say, is what's going to rub off? What's going to be the main, the, main, the main player of the partnership? Is, it, is II not going to just fall back a bit in, in, um, in productivity or in serviceability or whatever? I think um, TPG will benefit from it. Yeah. They'll pick up a lot of the um, IINet staff who are really cluey about solving problems and things mm. and um, they might be able to offer better prices with the TPG side of it. Yeah, so that's um, yeah, so that's good. So either way, like TPG now, they're getting you know they're getting a bite, one bite in the lower end, one bite in the top end, and people are probably not even going to put the two together and they go, oh geez, Just I hate that TPG. It's not Dodo. Yeah. So, are they going to keep the company separate? So, there's still going to be a CPG and an IONET, or are they going to combine and become the one company with the one name? Yeah, I don't know if that's uh, really been made Shush. public yet. I don't think uh, this the particular story I saw didn't go into all that. I you would think wouldn't would wouldn't you think that they sort of keep a different the two different different companies but like maybe that like tpg and maybe like tpg's ii net or something i don't know i don't know tpg net tip net i don't know yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't know but yeah i don't know i'd like if it was mine and just without too much thinking i'd probably keep them separate you know because you got your, your old love down the road she hates tpg so she's going to switch to ii net <laughs> so you know might work for him all right now uh, let's go to my next one Oh, here's, here's one. Here's one. How's this one going? Uh, Sotheby's. You know Sotheby's? Uh, they're going to now stream live auctions on eBay. How do you like them apples? Interesting. Hmm. So now you don't have to be over in England, you know, drinking tea to bid on one of these auctions. The first auction on the new platform will have a New York theme with Yankee Stadium memorabilia on sale. It will take place on the 1st of April. 
great day <laughs> to, 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 to launch something, isn't it? That is a when crazy... When the Apple One was launched. Yeah, but that is a crazy day. Like, well, back when the Apple One was launched, I don't think things were that crazy with April Fool joke stories and everything. But, you know, like, can you imagine this? Yeah, it's a bit... It's the April 1st stuff everyone's just sick of now. Nothing is original or funny anymore. That's right. The one I saw was um, Think Geek released a Shrinter, which was uh, for secure uh, documents in companies. When you print it out, it would immediately put it through a shredder, which was built into it. So it would shred your documents as soon as you print them to keep them secure. <laughs> Fantastic idea. <laughs> How far did that get around? Was that like picked up, do you reckon? No, but um, they did do an iCade where they were saying you could get your iPad or iPhone, plug it into this device, and it became a little arcade device, and that was supposed to be an April Fool's joke, and they actually ended up making them because they was such a popular idea, and they they sold tons of them. Yeah, okay, yeah, right. But yeah, I don't know if I'd be launching something on April the 1st, because it, it just be thought, oh yeah, what a, that's a joke. But anyway, April 1st it will be, and they'll be auctioning off giant letters from the New York baseball stadium which could fetch up to us 600,000 however evening sales of high value artworks and other specialist items won't be included the auctions will be streamed on a new ebay platform ebay.com forward slash sotheby's s-o-t-h-e-b-y-s the first will include photographs alongside the baseball memorabilia from the famous player reggie jackson who is he i have no idea who won the World Series five times. Well, he must be good at World Series. Something. Not by himself. The whole team won it for himself. <laughs> oh, well, he's not that good then, is he? I thought it was by himself. <laughs> yeah, all right. Now, uh, look, the, look, I've got a, a picture here for those looking at pictures. I've got a picture of spoons and from Sotheby's. There is no spoon. Hey? You have to realise the truth, Neo. There is no spoon. <laughs> there's there's spoons everywhere. Like, all right. Uh, Actually, to yes. follow up what um, Shane was saying before, um, I just found an article that says TPG Chief Financial Officer Stephen Benfield told investors that the telco would continue operating a two-brand strategy that would keep IINet alive thanks to its premium reputation on the market. Our strategy will be two separate brands. He said IINet's uh, net promoter score is a key strength that we recognize and need to preserve. Hmm. Good. Well, let's just 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 uh, hop back to Microsoft. Yeah, for a second. Uh, Microsoft Office 2016 is uh, on trial for right, Mac right now. Yes, and for the PC, uh, you can. No, the important thing is for Mac because we're stuck with 2011 still. Have you got a Mac? <sighs> yes, MacBook uh, Pro. All oh, right, it's. I thought you had a PC. What do you want now? PC. Yeah, what's your preferred? MacBook Pro over there, but it's 2010 edition, so it's getting a bit slow. So my daughter uses that now, with uh, mostly with Windows 7 now, but um, it does have a Mac petition still on there through Boot Camp. So oh, I've yeah. had um, 2011 running on there for so long, but it would be nice to see the same on both boots. Mm. Yeah, and the same, yeah, and the same versioning, I suppose, because up until the 2016, I think Windows' latest version was 2013 and Mac was 2011. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So that's a problem. See, she would. I had her booting into Mac all the time, and um, she would write an article and then go to print it. So I'd copy it onto my desktop because I had the printer plugged into my computer here, and it, suddenly all the formatting's all over the place because it's different versions. So then we have to go re through, change all the fonts, and then 
change, resize everything and try and mm. get it to look the same. So oh, really? If we got them this, and that's why I just changed the boot camp. I said, okay, just boot into Windows all the time and she can use uh, 2013 on there. So when she makes a document on there, it work, looks the same on when I go to print it out. Yeah, yeah, nice. So the Office 2016 preview build is being made available. The early build isn't packed with all the features uh, yet that the final Office 365 will have, but it still looks pretty good. There's been improvements made to Outlook, such as a faster search, flexible email storage options, and multi-factor authentication. The news of 2016 preview for businesses comes a week or so after the release of Office 2016, as Jay said, for Mac. Yeah, this is no coincidence as both packages share similar, colourful and minimalistic designs. I'm so happy that the packaging is great. (laughs) You can sign up for the 2016 Office Preview at Microsoft Connect. There is a link in the show notes. Uh, You do have to be an Office 365 subscriber, apparently, before they'll give you the preview. Don't know why. But anyway, and if you read the read the fine print, because I think you'll find that you can't have both, uh, you can't have 2016 running with another version alongside. So just read the fine print. I only read it quickly, and I think that's what I took out of it. So if you install 2000, it might stuff something up somewhere. So just have a bit of a read of that. Put it onto a, a um, non-production machine, a uh, test machine. That's right. Demo machine. A Dev. old machine. <laughs> <laughs> Not your production machine. Uh, any more, Jace, from you? Yeah, a couple more. Users of Facebook's Messenger app, they're trying to really convince people to use that app. You'll soon be able to do more than just chat with friends and send them emoticons. They'll also be able to send money. Facebook is adding a payments feature to its popular messaging app while letting users link their debit card you want Facebook to have your credit card Uh, and send payments to each other within the app. The tool is designed to be as easy as sending messages with a dollar sign icon that will appear in the app. By tapping it, users can send money to the friend they're chatting with. Recipients of the money will have to link their debit card to accept the funds to get to both ends. Free feature will be rolling out over the coming months in the US to Messenger on Android, iOS and the desktop. Facebook made no mention of Windows. The feature is designed to allow money transfers to happen right away, though it might take one to three business days for the cash to be made available to recipients while Facebook makes some profit on the interest. (coughs) That's not in this article. (laughs) Depending on the banks involved, Facebook said in announcing the feature on Tuesday. With the feature, Facebook becomes a competitor amidst a growing number of players in what's known as peer-to-peer payments. PayPal has provided a way for people to send each other digital payments, and China's WeChat Messenger app also has the function. There are several mobile money services available in Africa, but activity in this area has been heating up in the US as both payment processing companies and messaging app developers add the functionality to their apps. Square, which makes software and hardware for small business to process transactions, now offers a peer-to-peer payment product with its cash app. Mobile mm-hmm. payments app Venmo has been proven popular with young people and college students. And Snapchat, one of Facebook's biggest competitors, introduced a money-sending option last year. Yes, well, I suppose, look, it's all the rage. I saw something in, in actually on Facebook from the NAB. They're bringing out a little uh, credit card device similar to the PayPal credit card taker. Uh, so, you know, I emailed away. said, how much? I was just interested to see what their costs were to yeah. take mobile uh, mobile payments while you're if out not, You could look into um, Square or something. Is that is that in Australia? I think so. Oh, okay. Uh, I don't know. I think I looked into it before and it wasn't in Australia, but it might, they probably, yeah, probably changed by now. 
Uh, good stuff. Uh, Shane, any, anything? Merchants to- welcome Square to Australia, November 2014. No, oh, right. Okay. We'll have a look at them, see how much they are. They, uh, hopefully, mm. hopefully they're competitive. competitive. Uh, anything, Shane? Comments? No. Not Online on that banking? Story, no. No. Well, you, what about Steve? You don't want to send us any money, Shane? <laughs> no. <Through> Facebook? <laughs> well, what about... The, um, the, the bank store as well, because I, I remember seeing ads with the guy from um, the Mentalist Dinner for, I think it's for the ANZ, where they're out with a group of friends and um, one person uses his mobile phone to zap his mate, you know, about 10 bucks or something so he can um, pay for I the I only ate or... the salad. <laughs> yes. We can't split it four ways. I only had salad. It's not fair. I only had the croutons out of it. So <laughs> I'm not paying for the lettuce. No way. No way. Yeah. So look, it's all it's all the all these payment things. But you said before, you know, they're trying to get people to use the messenger app, but you've got no choice if you're on a phone. Yeah, I thought they forced you to. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh. All they can to convince you more and more to use the messenger app if you don't want to. Could you imagine, yeah, giving Facebook your debit card? Jeez. That's, um, that'd be well, Apple's got everybody's uh, credit and debit cards now, so everybody else is trying to figure out ways that they can get your credit and debit card out in their system, and then they'll come up with other ways that you can spend your money quickly and easy with one click, mm. except for you can't call it one click because um, Amazon has copyrighted trademarked that. Well, it's not a click anymore, is it, on a phone? It's a touch, one touch. One touch. One t- that doesn't sound better. <laughs> Just one touch. Da, 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 da. <laughs> oh, John Farnham. You gotta love him. Uh, now, Apple Tim Cook apparently offered his liver to Steve Jobs. Now, this, oh. is, this has been uncovered, revealed, revelation in this new book uh, due to be released this month. Now, it was said that Tim Cook offered a part of his liver to a dying Steve Jobs in 2004. Get a graphic? Okay. In 2004. That's his liver, is it? Just a little, <laughs> a little bit. Little just thing. a tiny part of it. Yeah, yeah, that's all he wanted. Just a little smidgen of it. Missed it by that much. In 2004, Mr. Jobs announced that he was suffering from pancreatic cancer. By 2009, the Apple chief executive was very ill, unable to come into the office and waiting for a liver transplant. Cook regu- regularly visited Jobs at home. And after one visit, he left the, and quoted, left the house feeling so upset that he had his own blood tested, according to the excerpts of the book. Mr. Cook, fa- Mr. Cook, Mr. Cook found out that he, like Steve Jobs, had a rare blood type and guessed that it might be the same. According to the book, he went through a series of tests and discovered that a partial liver transplant was feasible. But when he shared the news with Jobs, the uh, Steve Jobs reacted angrily. According to the book, he cut me off at the legs almost before. That wasn't very nice. After you offer someone your liver, was it? Ah, out with you. Give me your legs instead. That's right. Uh, That's why his liver was no good because he was legless. Yeah. (laughs) He cut me off at the legs almost before the words were out of my mouth. No, he said, I'll never let you do that. I'll never do that. Steve only yelled at me four times during the 13 years I knew him. What a suck. He must have been a brown nose suck. And this was one of them, Mr. Cook added. So there you go. There you go. So go and get that book. That's probably the problem was Steve believed a lot of the natural therapies would do it and um, he didn't believe in surgery until it was too late. But I did see a, there's an interesting video on YouTube, if you have a look, that's uh, got a doctor 
who uh, deals a lot with um, cancer and liver and that sort of thing. And he was saying, look, this kind of uh, thing would have started happening 10 years before it was actually discovered because by the time it's big enough to see with their uh, microscopes and stuff, mm. it's already getting too late. So uh, it was by the, time, thing. Yeah, by the time Steve said, okay, we, let's do something about it, it was probably you know, five or six or seven years too late anyway mm. because it was, um, you, you just can't tell early enough to be able to stop it. Is pancreatic, your pancreas, that's what you get tested when it goes up the, up the pooper, isn't it, when you get tested up there? No, sure, that's your not. prostate. Oh, is it? Oh, it's one of yeah. those things. One of those things. You'll be going a long way through your intestines <laughs> before you got into anywhere else. Well, it shows you how much I know. <laughs> don't, I'm, I'm, I'll have to make sure I know. I don't want to go into the wrong test then, do I? <laughs> so obviously medicine wasn't on the short list of career choices for you then, Glenn? Uh, no, anatomy, no. No biology either. <laughs> no, nothing like that. Uh, look, just a couple of, just a little quick one here. you mean men can't have babies? What kind of nonsense is this? <laughs> Give me that exam. Now, offshore storage to be allowed for Australian data retention. We all know that the laws had passed through the Australian government uh, this week, allowing for the metadata retention. Is it for, to be kept by the ISPs for two years? Now, Suddenly, sales to overseas VPNs went through the roof. <laughs> yes, but now all of a sudden... Oh, I don't know, all of a sudden. Anyway, the, the, the question is, where's all this data going to be stored? Now, I don't think there's going to be that much. Well, yeah, it's going to be a considerable amount, but is it going to be that much that they have to worry about where it's stored? Like, how much would it be? Would it be like, mate, I don't know, gee, 10 terabytes of, of text scrunched down, zipped up or whatever. That'd, you know, that's a lot of data, isn't it? I wonder as long how- as it's only the metadata. I wonder they're saving the actual content as well. I wonder how uh, how big or how much uh, how big in size disk size a, a normal metadata file is. I don't know. I wouldn't have a clue. But you say it's a K. Oh, that's a lot of. Yeah, that's a lot, isn't it? That's a lot. Yeah, I suppose. But anyway, the story goes. What I was getting at what I was eventually coming around to, was that the service providers will be able to store the metadata of Australian citizens required under the government's proposed two-year retention scheme outside of Australia. Now, Malcolm Turnbull confirmed to the House that the amendments contain no requirement for the physical server hosting the data to be located in Australia. Now, as you know, with the privacy laws and all that sort of stuff, all medical health, all that sort of data that can't leave our shores. Uh, because once it leaves our shores, if it's sitting in a machine in the US, well, it's no longer protected by our laws. And therefore, the laws of the US, if they want to have a bit of a, a peek at your ailments, a peek at your prostate, well, they can. So, you know, that's what you've got to look out for. So Communications Minister Malcolm Turnbull admitted the internet and telco industry could store the mandated data in offshore facilities. Former IINet chief regulatory officer Steve Dolby last year said the ISP would try to find the lowest cost option for storing the required data, which at the moment is good old China. So how would you like <laughs> data over there? That's no good. But I suppose well, they've got free windows. So. Well, at least they're going to be legitimate, you'd think. But I don't know, metadata, are you worried about that, Jace? metadata? Not me, no, but uh, it does make it sound interesting because uh, if you've ever read the book Cryptonomicon, uh, this guy has started up a business where they purchased a small island and set up a, 
anonymous data center there which people could use to store anything they wanted and it would be uh, out of legislation of all world governments and it makes me wonder if that kind of thing might uh, come into being sometime in the future with fully encrypted hard drives and everything and you, you purchase it. It would sound like something that um, Kim.com would come up with, right? Yes. And uh, have everything encrypted there and only you have the key to it. You know, yeah. even, even Apple is like, we don't have keys to stuff and other places are starting to say, look, it's just too much trouble for us to keep encryption keys because government comes in and goes, give us all your encryption keys now because we said so or we're mm. going to shoot your kids or something. Yeah. So they're just like, okay, from now on we don't have any keys and um, we can't get the data, you can't get the data, only they can get the data. So if you want it, go into them and take them to jail and force them to give you the key. Cause, mm. But, um, yeah, I'm not too worried myself, you know. Um, it also sort of comes into the story that I've got here where a bill is going to be introduced in the Senate next week that could be the nail in the coffin for online piracy. Um, copyright amendment bill is a part of the government's ongoing crackdown on copyright breaches in Australia and comes in the wake of a proposed three-strike scheme that could see illegal downloaders face harsh financial penalties. The bill will force ISPs to block overseas sites that allow people to share copyrighted material at the request of a judge. Spokesman for Senator Brandis' office said the bill will be presented to the Senate Legal and Constitutional Affairs Legislation Committee for review next week. If the bill is to eventually pass, the expected outcome would see content rights holders moving to lodge court orders to have all known piracy sites blocked in Australia. Rights holders can direct action against Australian-based websites, so the legislation could effectively see a blanket removal of torrent-sharing sites across Australian internet providers. The text of the bill has not been released and even ISPs have been kept in the dark. John Stanton, CEO of Communications Alliance, who worked on behalf of major ISPs to develop Three Strikes program, said he's disappointed his group hadn't been consulted. And um, I think, um, you know, this is also um, something that I'm not worried about because a lot of my friends, you know, I talk to them and they're like, oh, uh, if you want movies, why would you get Netflix or Stan or something like that? Mm. Just torrent it. Well, I'm not going to have anything on my systems that's illegal, like... Uh, yeah. downloading torrents so that um, the government and that can get cranky at me or mm. any kind of metadata talking with jihadists or anything. Yeah. So, you <laughs> yes. know, I, yeah. I keep myself clean. I've got nothing to worry about. So. Look, I, look, I'm not sure with a lot of the other shows, just going back to these streaming things again, but I know Better Call Soul is pretty much what the next day after it's aired in the US, it's on the stand. I'm not sure about the other too many other shows, but like they're not they're not far behind these days. And if you subscribe to all three of these streaming things, what it cost you thirty or forty bucks, and you probably got a month, and you probably then got access to probably just about everything you want. Yeah, you know. And uh, look, I've known probably Pete, only really need a couple of services: Netflix mm. plus you know Stan or Presto, whatever you like over here. Yeah. Not quick, quick, quick flicks because why? Oh, yeah, why? What is that? <laughs> It'll die out. So, yeah, yeah I was talking to um, one of my friends who's a tech journalist and he says, I think probably, you know, there's going to be four or five of them. Three or four will probably die out. There'll be two major ones in Australia and people will just subscribe to two of those hmm. and forget paying $100 a month to Foxtel. Yeah, oh, Fox is going to be the big loser, all right. The, the, so that's why they're trying to get all of the sports onto Foxtel so that mm. you'll be forced to have uh, Foxtel if you're really into sports. And then you can just you can just VPN <laughs> sport anyway. 
<laughs> so, you know, they're not. They're just just bring the cost down for goodness' sake. Well, look, I reckon the way it's probably going to go is that you'll, they'll probably put the sports on the Presto or something, and then yep. the, the the cable Foxtel will be dead, and then that might be a good thing because then that yeah. should make the cable internet more bandwidth for the cable internet to go round and round. So that should be good. Now, this is my last little dig for this week. Uh, greater oversight for Google's App Store. Google is tightening supervision on its free-for-all Play Store. So, you know, everyone's complaining the Play Store has got a lot of problems, a lot of uh, virus-ridden apps and stuff. So they're tightening up. Uh, the change brings Google Play a bizarre for digital games. A bizarre, that's great. A bizarre for <laughs> digital games, social media apps and entertainment software closer to Apple's tightly controlled app store with Google launching a new rating system that will spell out which apps and games are appropriate for certain age groups. So Google said that its expert team will screen each app submitted. So that's something that Apple does by developers to spot earlier anything that runs afoul of its rules. Google had previously only used automated technology for screening at the time of writing of this particular story. The new process will not create bottlenecks, apparently. Good. Google said in a blog post promising that approved apps will become available on Google Play within a matter of hours. Now, this is opposed to Apple, which can take up to seven days uh, mm. to get the app up there. So, look, if they're all getting manually reviewed, well, that's, you know, seven days. Jeez, that's a long time, isn't it? Yeah. All right. Well, that's just about me done. Jace, how are you yep, going? same here. Shane, you still awake over there? Good for the week. Yeah, no, I'm good. Yeah, <laughs> good. no. Um, then we, I want to make a comment about the story you just touched on about how it's all going to be, how they're tightening up the Google App Store. Mm. I can't. Unless they got a lot of people, I can't see it being completely a manual process. If they're going to do a turnaround within a couple of couple of hours, I reckon there'd be a lot of it that's automated, and they'd only be manually checking the ones that kind of failed the the automated yeah. test. I reckon. Yeah, there's, there's, there'd have to be that. Yeah, you're probably right. You probably couldn't just manually do every single one. There's probably they probably run the code through some sort of filter, and if they see like. Uh, maybe like it's got a link to a blacklisted site or a blacklisted email server or something might flag and then go on to the next to the next process of investigation. But yeah, yeah it'd be difficult keeping up with them all. I know I was reading a story just recently where this guy started making a million dollars through app stores and people were like, well, how did you do it? He's like, well, it's very difficult when there's you know thousands and thousands of apps to get yours to be popular. So what I did was I paid this programmer to write a game once and then I released that on the app store. Then I changed a couple of the characters' looks in there and released another copy of the game with a slightly different name and then again and again and again. All he did was basically change mm. the sprite characters' graphics a little bit and released about three or 400 copies of exactly the same game. <laughs> Suddenly people are downloading it because it's really popular and it's just yeah. basically flooded the store. Yeah. So you imagine when something like that happens, it just you know, reviewing each one one at a time. Mm. Yeah, it would be very time-consuming. Very time-consuming. All right. Well, that's uh, that's it for this week. So, uh, look, let's mention the facebook.com forward slash Aussie Tech Heads where we do iOS uh, free apps of the day uh, when they're available. Like, uh, I think there was a good one today. Was it yesterday or today there was a good one? I forget now what it was, but there was been a good one. There been a couple of good ones this week. And when JC's a good little Android one, he'll fling that up there as well. 
Uh, don't forget the Aussie Tech Radio, AussieTechRadio.com. Uh, you can go there for 24 7 tech shows from Australia and New Zealand. Uh, so you can listen jump. for the old fight geeks. Oh, yes, that's, uh, that'll be on. There's a new episode on the Aussie Tech Radio this week. But if you can't wait, you can also always download it off iTunes, uh, as always. And Obsidian Loft, well, there's, there's a lost version of Obsidian Loft, isn't lost there, Joe? The lost episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, lost ver- the lost episode of Obsidian Loft, well, it's, it's actually gone away into the ether, never to be seen again. So, um, I don't know. We blame and Will, Will for that one. If Will fixes his computer, yeah. <laughs> we'll be able to do another one. <laughs> All right, and uh, yeah, so if you want to get in touch with us, it's just Shane, Jason, Glenn, Will, Eric at AussieTechHeads.com.au. So we've got two birthdays. We've got Jason's birthday coming up before the next show and also Milo's birthday. Now, Milo, he's been a listener since day one. So good on you, Milo. He's got a good name too. Yes, Milo. So happy birthday uh, for Saturday, wasn't it? I think, Milo, you said. So yeah, good on you. Thanks for listening. All right, thanks, guys. Thanks for coming in. We shall see you next week, hopefully. See you next time. So until then, it's goodbye from all of us. Bye-bye. Bye.